Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolfe, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. While the science aligns on what's healthy for a baby's brain development, when it comes to how to care for our babies, there's a seemingly endless supply of competing perspectives. Parents are swimming in advice on sleep, feeding, and parenting philosophies. In this season of the podcast, we aim to provide a variety of curated perspectives so you can make informed choices for your family. Usually when we consider having another baby, personal preferences factor heavily into decisions around timing. Things like budget or sibling dynamics. It's rare to consider the health impacts and it's even less common to discuss birth spacing with your doctor. Here to share the biological benefits and risks associated with the timing of your pregnancies and to help us make an informed decision around when to grow our families is Dr. Allison Gemmel. She is an assistant professor at Johns Hopkins in the Department of Population, Family, and Reproductive Health. Welcome, Allison. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about this topic. So great to have your expertise here with us. So what does the research tell us about the optimum time between pregnancies? Right now, we have recommendations from places like the World Health Organization and the American College of OBGYNs that does recommend optimal pregnancy spacing somewhere in the range of waiting to conceive the next pregnancy at about 18 months up to about five years. Um, so the World Health Organization uh, specifically uh, or specifically recommends that women wait until at least 18 months after birth. And then here in the U.S., we see strong recommendations to avoid interpregnancy intervals shorter than six months because we know that those very short intervals are associated with negative outcomes. So what are the benefits of waiting 18 months between pregnancies? So we, we have seen from many studies across many settings that in general, pregnancies that are spaced between 18 months and up to five years, they tend to have better outcomes, both for the mother and the baby. And we especially see this for outcomes like preterm birth and low birth weight. And for, for moms, we see this um, potentially with uh, complications that might arise. But one of the big uh, considerations is that these relationships are not necessarily causal. And um, when we look at more rigorous study designs, it looks like there's probably more, um, the, the risk factors for short interpregnancy intervals are really concentrated in that really short interval up to six months. And so what should we be doing about spacing between a miscarriage? Uh, that's a really good question. So the guidelines that we were seeing from places like the World Health Organization didn't really have any specific recommendations for, for people that had experienced miscarriage and even stillbirth. More recently, we've seen studies, though, that indicate that really it doesn't really matter how long you wait. So that's good news. Um, you don't have to wait this recommended 18 months, for example. And uh, that's, that's the same for stillbirth. So that's good news. And what about 
maternal age. How do we think about the risks that grow when you, you know, are are a little bit of an older mom? I had my last baby when I was 40. And I remember wondering about birth spacing and that competing with, you know, maybe I should just get pregnant quickly because I'm getting older. Yeah. So I think this is a really interesting question. So First of all, I should say that the risks associated with these adverse outcomes, especially things like preterm birth and low birth weight, first of all, it's a really modest risk. Second of all, it's not clear that it's really causal. And then I I totally agree. We need to balance the risks that we do know occur with maternal age, with especially advanced maternal age. So really, it comes down to potentially balancing out the increased risk of these short interpregnancy intervals with the known risks of advanced maternal age. And part of my research has shown that among um, women who start childbearing after age 35, they do have short interpregnancy intervals. And those short interpregnancy intervals are more likely to be intended and planned. And what's interesting about that is we know that pregnancy planning and intention are associated with good outcomes too. So it's a little it's a little complicated when we introduce that factor in there too. So yeah, so I think if you're in your late 30s and you just had your first birth and you're you're considering when to have your next child, um, I wouldn't put so much emphasis on this interpregnancy link. Like um, maybe I would avoid very short intervals. This is something I haven't talked about, but we know that pregnancies that are conceived really right after birth, so within six months, those ones, maybe there really is something going on there. And that makes sense from the perspective of wanting, you know, this physiological um, recovery. But, you know, I think by and large, the research suggests that it's probably okay if you want to start attempting pregnancy after that, those six months. I will say one thing that we are starting to see, though, is if you had a complication during your first birth or delivery, that maybe you wait a little bit longer. So for example, if you had a cesarean section, you might want to wait at least a year. If you had other types of complications, like placental abruption is a really serious one, you might want to wait a little longer for that as well. And that makes sense, right? We just want to make sure that your body is is fully recovered from those types of complications. Have you heard of Love Every? We create play kits designed by experts to help develop your child's brain. Every two to three months, a play kit is delivered to your home. It's matched your child's age and what they are hungry to learn. We've done all the research so you don't have to. Go to loveevery.com to learn more. L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. So some research shows a connection between autism and birth intervals less than 11 months. What is this research and what do you know about this connection? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're starting to see a lot more research looking at outcomes beyond birth. And autism is a very important neurodevelopment outcome that we care about. Um, So uh, this this research does show that short interpregnancy intervals, but also long interpregnancy intervals, are associated with autism risk. So the risk, again, is modest. And we're not sure, again, if it's a causal association. If it, There are hypotheses that if it is a causal relationship, it might be due to maternal nutritional depletion. So if we were to intervene, in addition to making sure that you space your, your 
birth adequately, whatever that means to you, um, you also want to make sure that you are in good health before you conceive and are taking prenatal vitamins and eating a well-balanced diet. So I have this theory that you just have all these nutritional reserves and then you give a lot of them to your baby. And, you know, some of them are macronutrients that you're eating and micronutrients, but some of them are just based on, you know, your body's reserves and what they've stored, what we've stored up over many years of, of eating the way that we've been eating and, and trying to take our vitamins, prenatal vitamins. What is your theory on how much the baby takes of that nutritional reserve? And then how long, what's your theory on how long it takes to build that back up? I'm not a nutrition expert, but I do think that we know other areas that really matter for adverse out outcomes that we can easily intervene on. So these are things like smoking and getting adequate sleep and uh, maternal stress. I guess the thing is, is that outcomes like preterm birth and low birth weight, they are what we call multifactorial, right? So there's several different things that can um, influence these outcomes. And uh, I think we just have to make sure that we're approaching pregnancy and preconception health from a well-rounded place. We want to make sure we're not being too obsessive because that's the other thing. We, won't, we don't want to stress ourselves out, right? And I think a lot of mothers somehow feel that they have to be absolutely perfect when they carry a pregnancy. But we want to make sure we're not stressing ourselves out. So take care of yourself. <laughs> I think that's really helpful to hear because oftentimes we, we do put so much pressure on ourselves, but again, that pressure makes us stressed. So let's just relax and enjoy the pregnancy. Allison, it's been wonderful having you here with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun to talk about. I've always wanted to know the science behind birth spacing. Here are my takeaways from the conversation with Dr. Gemmel. Takeaway number one, the World Health Organization recommends 18 months between pregnancies. In the U.S., the recommendation is to avoid intervals shorter than six months between births. Post-miscarriage, there is no recommended waiting period. Takeaway number two. Outcomes like preterm birth and low birth weights are more common with a shorter interval between pregnancies, but Dr. Gemmel cautions that these risks are modest and their relationships are not necessarily causal. A variety of factors influence these adverse outcomes, so best to take a balanced approach make your sleep, prenatal supplements, and a healthy diet a priority, and avoid stress to the extent possible. Takeaway number three. Dr. Gemmel says older moms should avoid really short intervals within six months, but can space their babies closer together to balance the risks that come with pregnancy after age 35. Pregnant with your second? Listen to My New Life episode number 22, New Additions, Bringing Home a Sibling with Gabrielle Fellman. And you'll find more insights on sibling dynamics on our blog at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening.